Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh my goodness, it's only preseason, but I'm hyped in The NBA season getting set to roll for the stretch run and on into the playoffs. And we're not just bringing you one special guest, but we got two great guests on a brand new episode of Give Me the Hot Sauce. You see them on your screen watching on YouTube, the all-star guard from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Darius Garland is first up. And Darius, thank you so much for joining us on Give Me the Hot Sauce, Stacy's special show. And it must have been a wonderful weekend for you, the all-star weekend in Cleveland, and you were front and center. Uh, tell us your reflections on what stood out the most to you. Um, well, thank you guys for having me on here, uh, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, All-Star Weekend was super cool. Um, I mean, it was my first one, so I was just going in blind. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I mean, I just had a lot of appearances and a lot of interviews and signing autographs and meeting fans. So it was super cool just having that experience, uh, especially with my family. Uh, my dad, he played in the league, so just having him there with me, um, I mean, it meant a lot, especially since it was in Cleveland, too, for my first one. So it was cool just being at home for the first All-Star. Now, see, I was teammates with his father, Winston, Winston in yeah. Minnesota. And and to watch both of these guys play, Winston was a great point guard, high basketball IQ, you know, wasn't as athletic as his son. It's a totally different athlete. But Winston Winston used to give people the business, too. Don't sleep. So now to see Darius play and, and watch him play and watch the success he's having so early, I, I know it's got to be exciting for your dad. Yeah, it's super exciting for him. Uh, we talk after every game. Um, he tells me what he sees. I tell him what I see. So we still have that that father-son basketball relationship, that's super cool. <laughs> You're such a young guy. What was it like for you at the halftime ceremony, seeing the greatest players in the history of the game parade out there, capped off by Michael Jordan making a surprise entrance at the end? Yeah, that was that was amazing. That was super cool. Uh, just seeing everybody in their jackets, um, seeing all the legends, seeing all the basketball history in, uh, in a place that I call home. So it was super cool just seeing all the legends there. Uh, it's very inspiration. <laughs> when you go back to your your time at Vanderbilt, you play with Bryce Drew, who's who's a very good coach, especially with guards. And you get hurt, you tear your ACL up. Everybody was talking like you know before the draft, they knew how good you were before you got hurt. But then when you got hurt, you know people started saying, "Well, we don't know if he's going to be the same. We don't know if he's going to have the quickness." And 
all of a sudden, you know, you hear your name, you know, one minute's up, one minute's down. You know, what were you thinking when you got hurt? Did you did you think were you thinking about your draft stock? What were you thinking? Yeah. Um, when I tore my meniscus, I just felt like I was just down. I didn't I couldn't do the stuff that I wanted to do. I couldn't play the sport that I love. So um I mean after after I just declared for the draft, I just started rehabbing and I mean yeah, I thought that my draft stock was going to go down, but it really didn't. Um, and I mean, after that, I just let God do the rest. Uh, I just try to put the work in, try to get my knee right. And um, I mean, I just put all the everything into God's hand, really. I mean, he blessed me uh, being picked fifth by the Cavs. And I mean, after that, just took off, really. That draft was a good one for point guards. John Morant went two. Kobe White went seven. Uh, two of you guys were in the All-Star game, which is pretty cool. And Kobe's doing a nice job here in Chicago. Have you got a chance to talk to Ja and Kobe? And is there a little, like, friendly competition between the three of you to see uh, who's going to show out in the NBA? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been playing against Kobe since I was in fifth, sixth grade. Wow. And, uh, I mean, me and Ja, we're, we're pretty cool. So, I mean, it's not like a competition. I mean... We're all just competitive, um, and when we when we see each other, when we play against each other, I mean, it's all love. But I mean, we have that competitive nature, so I mean, we're going to compete and we're going to go at each other for sure. But off the floor, I mean, we're super cool. When you when you look at you know you look at guys like Steph Curry, guys whose fathers played in the league, you know how much influence and and how much does it have that it's helped you in your career having a dad that's played at the highest level being able to show you, teach you things and that you can lean on when you're going through some difficult times, especially early in your career. Yeah. Uh, my dad, he played a big part in everything. Um, especially like my first year, uh, rookie year was, had a lot of ups and downs. So just trying to figure the whole league out, um, trying to figure out the tempo, um, the new offense, and then I was coming off surgery, so it was just like everything was new to me. I was coming basically from high school to to the league, so everything just came at me so fast. So just um, my dad, I mean, we just talked all the time, just told me to stay positive. Everything was going to turn around uh, and just keep trying to learn, just keep trying to grow as a player. So, um, I mean, I just stuck with that, and I just kept rising throughout the years. I think that right now the talk of the Eastern Conference has been the Cavaliers and the Chicago Bulls, two teams that were not projected to be near the top of the Eastern Conference standings, and you've kind of taken the league by storm. Teams are a little bit different. You have a younger squad than what the Bulls have, but in playing against the Bulls, even going back to the preseason, did you get the sense that that both of these teams are going to be something special this year? Yeah. um, The first time we came there, y'all beat us by like 30 in preseason. So uh, we took that kind of personal. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been trying to get back at y'all. I mean, yeah, this is going to be a good fight in the East. Um, It's a lot of good teams in the East. Um, Like you said, we're really young. So, I mean, this is going to be our first rodeo. Uh, Hopefully that we get in the playoffs and get this experience. But uh, you guys have a lot of veterans over there. That's really good. Uh, Zach and DeMar, they're holding it down. I mean, you guys are you guys are really good though, for sure. <laughs> when you when you got in this league, what was the what was the biggest adjustment that you found you had to make 
to actually like feel like you belonged in this league because we you know when you come in as a rookie as a young player from the college team everything is easier for you you know you don't have to face a, a killer every single night at the at the college level you might face it once every two weeks but at the pro game especially at your position is a killer every night so what adjustments have you made from your first year to your second year um well just stand in the weight room I think that just changing my body just helped me a lot. Um, like nutrition, trying to sleep better. I mean, all the little stuff like that. But on the floor, just a lot of film, um, studying different players. I like to watch a lot of games. So I'm watching a lot of guys in our conference. Um, most of the elite point guards just around the league, really. So when I see those matchups, I just watch the film, like remember from the games, what they like to do. And uh, I mean, just a lot of film, really. How's our guy Lowry Marketing doing in Cleveland? Lowry's got this sneaky sense of humor. Did he ever show you the video he did? I think it was back a couple of years ago now where he impersonated Borat, the, the famous movie character. You got to get him to show you that video. I mean, Lowry has got this uh, impression of being, you know, a family guy with a couple of kids and he's real quiet, but he, he's, he's sneaky funny. How's, how's he in the locker room in Cleveland? <laughs> Lowry's super cool. Uh, we love him here. Uh, he does have a, he is a little comedian sometimes. <laughs> so uh, we get a couple laughs out of him. Uh, he get a couple jokes. So Lowry's doing well. We love him over here. Now, you guys picked up Rayshon Rondo, and I know when he played here, he, he, I mean, he helped our young players tremendously. You know, he's like having a coach on the floor. How has he been for you, and has he, has he really helped your game? Yeah, Doe's been great for us. Uh, well, for me as well. Um, I mean, any anything literally about basketball he knows about. So it's super cool just having an OG like that. And um, I go to him during games, during timeouts. It's like just try to pick his brain on what he sees on the floor. And um, I just told this story. And um, it was literally like the second day when he got traded to Cleveland. And um, we're going to – we're leaving Sacramento. We'd be Sacramento going away to – on the way to go to state. And um, I'm on the phone with my dad. And – Someone just screams my name, like, DG. So I instantly hang up the phone, just turn my head towards the back of the bus, and it's dope. And he's telling me to come watch film with him. <laughs> and literally the whole bus ride to Golden State for like an hour and a half, two hours, I watched the whole game with Rondo. And I just told him, like, nobody had never done this before. And this was his second day on the team. So it was just like the little stuff that Doe does just – I mean, he's a basketball junkie. He watched basketball all day. He talks about it all day. And it's, I mean, it's just super cool just having him around. Yeah, he's going to be a hell of a coach one day when he decides yeah. to hang it up. And then, High yeah, basketball IQ. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, you, you you weren't at Vanderbilt long, but of course, uh, one of our broadcast guys, Will Purdue, was an, was an All-American type player. I don't know if he made an All-American team. Maybe honorable mention or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> is, is there a statue of Will Purdue at uh, Vanderbilt? Because he tells us he's a really big deal at Vanderbilt. I know he has size 22 shoes. Maybe they put those in gold or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Will Purdue is around Vanderbilt literally everywhere. Is that right? Uh, okay. Yeah. I think he has a statue in the gym in Memorial. Wow. wow, really? I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have guessed. I'm, if anything, it was a statue of his feet. Because <laughs> he had like the biggest feet in college basketball when we were there. Yeah, I was it's, like, it's, like it's, it's a memorabilia. It's like a picture or like a shoe or something. 
It's something around there. Yeah, it was like a 22 or 23. Yeah. I remember that when I was in college. They said, yeah, this kid from Vanderbilt got a size 23. I was like a 12. I was like, what? <laughs> and you know what they say. All right. Yeah. Oh God. This Teddy Whispers making an appearance on the show. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stay, <laughs> just stay. Be quiet over there, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Because you know, Will Purdue was drafted the year before Stacy came to the Bulls, so Stacy made it his personal project to bust his ass every day. I sure did. I had to let him know. Hey, Darius, you know, you know, hey, listen, we we boys off the court, but we on the court. It's business. I, you you playing my position. I got to go at you. You got to go at me. That's the only way to be. Yeah. That's the only way. <laughs> so how, how's it been this year? Because the culture, the culture in Cleveland has, has kind of gone through some transition. You know, when LeBron was there, they were winning. They were getting to the finals. LeBron leaves. Uh, they go through a little hard times. And then, you know, they've, they've been able to parlay good draft picks. And, you know, Sexton, yourself, uh, you know, Kevin Love. They don't trade Kevin Love. They keep a good veteran there. Now you get Mobley. You trade for, you know, you trade for the big fellow from Brooklyn. You know, how's that been and the culture change been for you? Oh, it's been great. Um, JB, he's just holding everything down right now. Um, from basketball to relationships off the floor with his players. Um, I mean, I give my all respect to JB because he literally changed his whole thing around in two years, two and a half years. So, um, I mean, he's been working. Um Teammates are buying in. Everybody just wants to be on board. Everybody wants to win. And um, what's cool about this team is everybody likes being around each other. Like, we kick it off the off the court. Like, out of practice, we're going to dinners. Um, we go to see movies. I mean, we do literally everything. We go watch G League games together. So, I mean, it's just super cool just having a tight-knit group like this. It feels like a, a AAU team or something when you're – back in like 15 16 so it's super cool yeah that that's something i think is un, you know people don't understand how important that is is that you all get along you know because you know you're dealing with guys making millions of dollars egos pride and when you get everybody on the same page that believe in what you're doing and we have that here in chicago you know guys here you know trust billy donovan they trust the front office they they, they enjoy being with each other there's no egos and when you have that type of mentality man you know winning is fun right yeah i mean <laughs> winning is fun everybody likes yeah. winning um, and then, I mean, if we weren't winning, if everybody weren't buying in, I don't think none of us would have got these accolades. Like, <laughs> if we don't win, me and Jerry don't get all-star appearance. Isaac and Evan doesn't get rising star appearances. Like, winning equals more accolades on the personal side. So, and everybody's buying in. Everybody likes being around each other. Everybody likes winning. I mean, I love being here, to be honest with you. What was it like watching Steph Curry go off the way he did on Sunday? I mean, that shooting exhibition, especially in the third quarter, he's turning his back to the basket, and everything was nothing but net. I became a fan on a bench. <laughs> Crazy. Never seen 50 in an all-star game? Yeah. Like, it was it was unbelievable. It was the one uh, he shot at the logo and turned around and looked at Trey <laughs> to see his reaction. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, so being at the All Star Game, it's your second year in the league, you're in the All Star Game. You know, seeing all these guys on the floor, who, who, and you play them every night, but who did you come away going, man? I mean, I didn't know he was like that. 
Um, uh, I mean, everybody, I mean, I see these guys at their best every night. So it was just like everybody was having fun. Everybody was making shots. So I don't, I don't really know. Because the one, the one guy you keep hearing about every single time there's an all-star game is Giannis about how hard he plays. Like he's not playing it yeah. like it's an all-star game. He's playing it like it's a, he's playing for the Bucks. <laughs> he's trying, he's trying yeah, to kill you. Giannis plays really hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, Giannis. Giannis plays super hard. I think <laughs> he tries. I think we were down by like four going into the third. And I think Giannis literally had like 10 straight points, like steals, dunks. And he just told coach, he was like, something, yeah, we're winning right now, so we're good. <laughs> and, and he was mad when they lost the skills challenge. He was asking for a referee appeal or something, you know? He was all yeah. ticked off about they that. they cheated. <laughs> they cheated? Yeah, they cheated. <laughs> How'd they cheat? They didn't go around the right cone. Like, yeah. we were supposed to go in the right direction. Them and the rookies cheated. <laughs> really? Yeah, we should have won a long time ago. <laughs> oh, so if y'all would have lost, it would have been disputed. No, nah, but I was I was gonna cause havoc. <laughs> <laughs> so so my other question to you is now that you, you made the all star game and you know what is it in the off season that you you know that you feel like I gotta work on to be better? Like I'm good at it, but I need to work on this because sometimes people get to the all star game, you know, their fourth or fifth year and they think they've made it and they don't have anything else to work on. But I know you and I know your father. And you're always going to be working on something. So what is it in the offseason that you could say that you've done this season and say, hey, I need to get better at this area? Um, I physically want to get stronger. Um, I want to watch more film. Um, I mean, I'm getting to my mid-range a lot. So just getting like to different spots and like less than three dribbles. I use a lot of dribbles. So uh, just like max of three dribbles just getting to my spot where I want to get to. Uh, I want to extend my range a lot more. Um, like a lot of ISO threes, like just side steps going to my right, which is more difficult than going to your left. Uh, I mean, just different ways to try to get to my shot, really. Want to shoot that logo three like Steph. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, you want to really learn the mid-range game, you might want to call DeMar. Yeah. yeah, call DeMar to Rosen up. He'll, he'll tell you where you need yeah. to do. Because DeMar is the master of the mid-range DeMar. game. Oh, DeMar is super cool. Hey, was he had 19 to 20 a couple, about a week ago, 19 for 20 shots yeah. at 21? Well, he had nothing but mid-range jumpers. And we always laugh on TV because we say it kind of, the people who, who uh, rely on analytics, they're punching the air. You know, because when they watch his game, you know, this guy's getting 35, 40 points and not shooting any threes. Yeah. Which is amazing I, in this this era. Yeah, my rookie year, I I was told not to shoot mid-rangers, really. Yeah. Yeah. Analytic stuff. And you know what? It's funny you say that because uh, we had a coach Kobe, here. Kobe White said that <laughs> Kobe White. They were told Kobe White they wanted him to stop shooting mid range jumpers. They wanted him to take threes. And and I think you know when you look at the best mid range shooters in the game, Kawhi Leonard, 
You know, you know, Chris Paul at the point guard position has a deadly mid-range game. Kevin Durant, those guys are so dangerous and effective to be able to get one, two dribbles, pull up, and get to their spots. And I'm just hearing you say that's something you want to work at to cut your dribbles down to get to that mid-range shot to the place that you're comfortable on the floor. That's that's awesome that you recognize that in just year two. For sure. Uh, I mean, I watch a lot of Chris Paul, so just getting to his mid-range, I mean, I think I can get to any time. And then – like later in the year, as you go on in the playoffs, I mean, a lot of people start knowing your tendencies. They start studying that. So, I mean, you could throw people off with a one dribble pull up, a two dribble pull up, or a step back off the one dribble. I mean, it's just different ways to get to your shot. Well, Darius, we know you got a game to get ready for. You open the second half of the season in Detroit against the Pistons. We wish you the best of luck, and who knows, maybe we'll see a Bulls-Cavaliers series in the East. Oh, the Conference. rivalry's back, Darius. Yeah, the rivalry's right. back. Yeah, you heard him, You heard him talk about we beat them by 30 in preseason. That didn't sit well with them. <laughs> right. So I know the rivalry's back, boy. <laughs> that was preseason. That was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, did y'all, what's the record now in the regular season? We split? Are we split like 1-1? Yeah, one I think one? so, yeah. Y'all beat, us. y'all beat us the last time I think we played you guys. But then again, yeah. we, we didn't have everybody. So that doesn't really count. <laughs> oh, Stacy's still now competitive. Making now we're making excuses. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, listen, I'm going to call your dad as soon as it's over, too. I'm going to tell, tell him, I'm going to tell him, hey, he did, he did right by you, man. He's, hey, you're a good kid, man. I want to see, I want to continue to have success, man. I'm really pulling for you. You're showing everybody that you are truly one of the better young guards in the league. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. It's the all-star guard of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Darius Garland, our guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce. And coming up next, we're going to talk to a former NBA great, Nick Anderson, will join us on the show. Darius, best of luck in the second half. We'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, DG. Thank you. We want to thank some of our great sponsors on the show, starting with our guy, Howard Ankin. Chances are, if you live anywhere in Chicagoland, you've seen Howard on a bus, train, billboard, or TV commercial with a famous Chicago athlete. Howard is literally everywhere. If you've been injured at work in a car, truck, or rideshare accident, make sure to call Howard. He's a third-generation attorney from Chicago. His number, an easy one to remember, it is 312-6-MILLION. That's our guy, Howard Ankin, at 312-6-MILLION. Also want to thank our guy, Jeff Vukovic, from Nationwide Insurance. You know if you have any kind of insurance needs for home, life, or auto, contact him at jeffvuk.com, jeffvuk.com. And as we get ready to head into the second half of the NBA season, it's always important to remember, Stacy. Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> we are ready for the second half of the NBA season, and we're excited to talk about our next guest, Nick Anderson, will join us on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Now it is time to introduce our very special guest, a man that's very familiar to Chicago basketball fans, of course, across the state of Illinois. He was an All-American at the University of Illinois, a star at Chicago's Simeon High School. The great Nick Anderson joins us on Give Me the Hot Sauce. He's inside his truck, but if he's watching on YouTube, you can see over his left shoulder a palm tree in the distance. (laughs) Nick, it must be nice to enjoy February down in sunny Florida. Hey, hey, I hate to rub it in, but I got to rub it in. I would not change it for anything in the world. <laughs> 86 degrees, you said? 
86 degrees. That, that's uncalled for. You should have just kept it to yourself. Just lied. <laughs> Said Stacy's really 65. I would have felt a lot better on that one, Nick. You're killing me, son. <laughs> hey, Nick, we do a lot of work with your your old running buddy at the University of Illinois, Kendall Gill. Uh, what was what was your relationship like with KG back then, and what's it like uh, now, uh, these many years later? I, I, I tell you, when, when we were in school, I mean, KG had to be the hardest working guy on the team. I mean, he stayed in the gym. He stayed on the weights. He, he stayed in shape. And, and I, I, I think you guys can attest to this by the way he that he looks today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the guy always been in phenomenal shape just to, just to, just a treat to be around. I mean, um, he takes, uh, what he does very seriously. And, uh, uh, back then, and uh, I could see the same uh, regiment today. He wants to fight Jake Paul. I mean, he's in his 50s. He wants to fight, <laughs> and I think he could do it. I mean, the guy's in great shape. Yeah, uh, like I said, when the guy sets his mind to do something, he, he's going to do it. Uh, I, I watch his workouts. Uh, he posts his workouts, and, and then, you know, he's a, he's a black belt, too. So, you know, he got a lot going for himself. And, uh <laughs> You know, as a 50-year-old, I'll, I'll try to stay away from him. I don't know what Jake Paul has to offer. I've seen the one fight. Uh, he put my man to sleep, and I don't think he's woke up yet. <laughs> yeah, he, he still, he still, he still sleep on that one. He's still asleep. But 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 you, but but your guy Darren Williams uh, did work in the ring yeah. on Frank Gore. He did this. He did yeah. work. Well, well, you know, uh, I guess this is becoming a trend now. You know, uh, former football players, basketball players, going down the line, they want to get in the ring and and, and 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 try their skills. But you know, to be honest, my career is over. I'm retired, and I'm gonna keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> smart man, smart, smart, smart man. Talk talk a little bit about that 1989 team because we we're very similar because our '88 team. You know, we we stormed through college basketball, only lost four games that year uh, with Harvey, Mookie, myself, Ricky Grace. And then we lose in the championship game against a team that we beat, you know, three times that year. You guys in the same situation in that finals in 89. Uh, you play, yeah. you know, you guys kind of crush everybody, you know, on your way to the final four. And then you run into, you know, you run into a team that you've had some success against. Talk a little bit about that and losing that game because you guys were favored to win it all. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I remember Dick Vitale saying, whoever wins the Illinois-Michigan game will win the national championship. But going back to playing Michigan uh, twice during the regular season, you know, you, you look at the team that they had. They had Glenn Rice, Romeo Robinson, Lloyd Vault, Terry Mills, Sean Higgins, Mark Vaughn. And you know who else was on that team? Rob Palenka. Yeah, Palenka was on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we we had played them earlier in the uh, Maui Classic, yeah. and uh, uh -huh. and they they beat us in the championship game. And the the one thing I remember about them, they talked a lot of trash, and Sean Higgins especially. And so Sean Higgins, <laughs> Sean Higgins, when I was at the free throw line, we were losing, and Sean Higgins told me my stock was going down since we lost to Michigan. Oh, but man. he but I had thirty five, so I said my stock ain't going nowhere. I got thirty five. I done lit all y'all big men up. But I remember him talking trash, and I did tell. I swear to God, I told him this. I said. We will see you again in the tournament. And then we got yeah. matched, we got matched up in the same region that they were. We were in the southeast region at Rupp Arena. 
and we were uh-huh. there. We were in the final eight. We were in the Sweet Sixteen against Virginia, and they had it was Michigan was playing. I think maybe North Carolina. I think they were playing. So we were going to meet for the final eight, and then we got we got beat upset by uh, Virginia with Richard Morgan, who uh, had an out of body yeah. experience, <laughs> couldn't miss a damn shot, and we beat that same team the year before by fifty four. Go oh figure. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know as well as I know, uh, they, they always talk about how hard it is to beat a thing a team three times, and that's just what it was. We had um, uh, Michigan twice during the regular season in in the Big Ten. Uh, we handled them pretty pretty good at home, and then we went to Ann Arbor on on uh, senior night for them and beat them by like fifteen seventeen. And, and then the tournament started. We start off, if I'm not mistaken, we had McNeese State, Ball State, uh, Louisville, Syracuse, and then we met up with uh, Michigan and uh, Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. And it, yeah, in, in Seattle. And um, Michigan was a hot team. They came in hot. And um, uh, when we beat them those those two times, I'm pretty sure it was. If, you know, if, if you're a competitor, those losses are going to stick in the back of your head if you meet a team. A third or fourth time, you, you know, you, you said to yourself, "Y'all not beating us again." But it was a it was a great game, and you you look at the starting five: uh, Glenn Rice, Romeo Robinson, Lloyd Vault, Terry Mills, and 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 and, and Mark Vaughn. Uh, just 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 a just a phenomenal basketball team, and uh. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they had a coaching change during yes. that time. So they had a lot to be motivated by and, and for. So that game was a uh, it was a hell of a game in Seattle. Uh, I can remember they taking a shot, and I went for the rebound too early. I jumped too early, and it went over my head. Sean Higgins got it and put it back in, and they, that put them up too. But we had – maybe three seconds left uh timeout we went in to draw up a play and the first thing they said to me when we walked back on the floor we remember you hitting that shot against indiana and we're not gonna let it happen today (laughs) so they 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 covered me and uh we went another route and uh ended up missing the shot and they ended up beating us uh i'm not mistaken was it 83 81 yeah it was a close and they went on yeah they went on to beat uh seton hall in the championship yeah, I, I was at that game. I was in Seattle watching that game. And the one thing I came away because, you know, when you're on another team and you always are following the great teams in college basketball, you're like, okay, what is Illinois doing? What is Vegas doing? So you're watching these teams. And the one thing that I thought about Illinois, because we had played Illinois in my first couple of years as a freshman and sophomore when they had Anthony Welch, Bruce Douglas, Efren Winters. Yeah. And, and that was supposed to be a very good team. And we beat them. And we never got a chance to match up with them. And I, I thought if we could have played them at some mm-hmm. point – with the way they play up and down, we probably scored about 150 apiece because they were they were athletic just like we were. Yeah, they had Tony Weisinger and and uh, Doug Aldenberger. Doug Aldenberger. Uh, yeah, Doug Aldenberger. Uh, Illinois has had some 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 great ball players to, to come through there. You know what? You know what I love about the University of Illinois, especially when I was there. And, and may these guys rest in peace. And that's Coach Henson, Jimmy Collins, Dick Nagy. They recruited the Chicago area and recruited it hard. I mean, they came to my high school. And, you know, a lot of kids from Simeon High School attended the University of Illinois. 
Yes. So I just I just like what they did. They tried to keep the talent in state for a while there. All, all our in-state players was going to different schools in uh, other other states. So they made it they made it uh, uh, something uh, that was promising there for a while to keep the in-state talent there. You know, you look at myself, Kendall Gill, Marcus Liberty, Kenny Battle, Steve Bardo. You know, you go on down the line. We all grew up playing against each other as as eighth, ninth, tenth graders in different tournaments, and and even sometimes in high school tournaments. So I just I, I just uh, had to commend them for trying to keep the in-state talent there. Hey, Nick, I was working in Champaign in the mid-'80s, and I remember uh, Jimmy Collins telling me that he thought he was going to recruit the best high school player in the country in Ben Wilson, who was tragically killed at Simeon High School. And, and Jimmy was confident he was going to add Ben Wilson to the mix down there, which would have been made them an unbelievable team. You followed, of course, after Benji, you were 25. What was that whole, yeah. what was that whole atmosphere like in that neighborhood when, when Ben was tragically killed? It, it was it was it was it was it was it was sad. But let me tell you a little story that me and Ben, me and Ben, Ben was very close. Uh, buying our moms and a big house and a pretty car, and going to the same school. We talked about that all all the time. And it was unfortunate that Ben couldn't live out the things that we talked about, the things that we had in mind, and things that we wanted to do uh, with each other. And to be honest, and, I, and I'll be straightforward about this, I knew where I was going to school. I knew I was going to the University of Illinois. And I, and I honestly think that Ben knew it too. And he, did, he wasn't able to fulfill all the things that we talked about, but I carried them on. I did exactly what we talked about. Exactly what we talked about. I wore 44 in high school. Me and Ben was very close. We had a close relationship. And I carried, I think I carried his legacy in some way on wearing number 25. I started that trend yeah. to 25 going, especially all the players that came from the uh, uh, Simeon who went to the University of Illinois wore number 25. Jawan Howard wore number 25 because of Benji. And there's several other guys that did the, did the same thing. And, um, you know, I can, I, can I can relive that just like it happened yesterday when it all went down and uh, him being shot and, and uh, the news people up at the school and every student crying. I mean, it was, it was something that I will remember, but I don't want to remember. Yeah. Just a special talent. I think about the times we were at the Nike All-American camp in Princeton, New Jersey, and 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 how you can hear the college coaches saying, I got to go see this kid, Ben Wilson, from Chicago. I mean, everybody talking about just uh, what he can do at his size with the, with the ball. He's basically a point guard. Yeah. Can do everything. Can shoot, post up, pass, rebound, did everything. So, I remember those things just like it was yesterday. And, um, you know, just a special guy to be around. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that I had to, to spend the time that I did with him, especially my other teammates. Uh, it's not enough that I can say about him. I mean, just 
just a, just a cool dude all the way around. He, he's one of the few guys that, that I've seen when I was in high school that honestly could have came straight from high school and played pro ball. I mean, he had and that I, kind of I, talent. I have to agree with you on that. I mean, and and I when you to. and you look at you look at his size and his ability to handle the ball and shoot. He was ahead of his time. I always I tell yeah. people like who he kind of reminds me of is kind of like Kevin Durant. How hard, yeah. how tough a matchup that Kevin Durant is. I think I think yeah. Benji has better handles than Kevin Durant. But I, yeah. I think that, you know, as far as the smooth, you know, smooth shooting, the, the, silky, the silky smooth, the, the, and he had dog in him. Like, he had attitude. Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't back yeah, down from it, people. He was he was so smooth. I I used to, I you know, the first guy that came to my mind that played silky smooth like that is the Iceman. Yes. That's how Benji, he was just silky smooth. He made things that were hard for other guys. He made it just look effortlessly you know what i mean uh just hey man i do this all the time uh it looks hard for you but you know this is easy for me he was that kind of guy i mean he was just special and i used to i used to enjoy just especially when we played in the summer tournaments just how the people would pack the gyms just to like mj just to get a glimpse yeah mm -hmm. i gotta see this i gotta see who this kid is and uh i think uh he he's one of the guys i can say that he lived up to the expectations and the billings. He lived up to it. Yeah, he he he's. I remember. I can remember. It's one of those incidents when he got killed. You remember exactly where you were and what you were doing at that moment. And I remember, yeah. I was coming up on a visit to DePaul because I, I grew up a DePaul fan because I used to watch DePaul on WGN. It was North Carolina yep. and, and and DePaul, as I saw on TV in Oklahoma. So, And I always liked uh, you know the DePaul uniforms because they always had their jersey out, and I always played yeah. that way. <laughs> and so I, I, and I liked Coach Ray Meyer. So the, the weekend yeah. I was supposed to come up, that's when the news happened that, you know, Ben Wilson got shot, you know, at, at lunch on his lunch break at high school. And my mom, I remember it like it was like it was yesterday. My mom said, you are not going to Chicago. They're killing kids. You are not going to you're not going yeah. to any school in Illinois, no school in Chicago. Yeah. And I didn't get to yeah. go on that trip. I had to call Coach Ray Meyer and Joey Meyer and Coach uh, Jim Molinari to tell him, uh, you know, hey, I, ca I can't come. My mom's not going to let me come. Yeah, I can. I can remember. You know, um, I was sitting in I was sitting in the lunchroom when it all happened, and I could see kids. They were running back into the school, screaming, "Benji got shot! Benji got shot!" And I can never I I'll never forget my my PE teacher at the time, Miss Yvonne Best. I mean, the first thing she did was all the uh, uh, basketball players who were in the lunch. At, at lunch at that time, she got us all in one section. She said, everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. I remember it was just like it was yesterday. I mean, um, and then, then when they when when they took him to the hospital and, uh, you know, I'm sitting at home and I get a call about five o'clock in the morning. It was my teammate, Dion Butler. And he said, Benji died. Oh, man. I mean, I, my mom and dad have been sitting up with me all night anyway. You know, I had friends just sitting outside the house in cars just all night. And uh, it, was, it was just sad. And then 
you know, uh, when they brought his body back to the to the gymnasium and for the viewing and everything. I mean, it was it was a dark cloud. It was it was it was dark cloud over over Chicago for a while. I can't remember. It was two kids, but I remember this name, Omar Dixon. Yeah. One of the I will never forget that name. That name will always resonate with me. And um, it was it was it was sad. But, you know, just 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 a special guy. And not to not to post salt on an open wound like that. You know, he had a son, Brandon. Brandon lived up in upstate New York somewhere. And this just happened. I got I got another phone call. Um, maybe he's been a couple of weeks, a month now. He was killed in a single car accident. Oh. Yep. Wow. Brandon Benjamin Wilson Jr. Wow. Yep. But, you know, I, you know, they say they say. You know, uh, just in, in, enjoy. I enjoyed him. I mean, he was just just a special guy, just a special friend to me. I can't speak for anybody else, but what he was to me, he was special on and off the court. We had good times. We cried together. We laughed together. We won together. We lost together. We just we just had a lot of fun. And that's I'm going to I try all the time to remember all the good things of that that we we had together just a special guy and i'm pretty sure you know i still keep in touch with a lot of my 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 classmates at that time and they always we always talk about benji always and our that number 25 always would cherish it always because it means so much to me wow hey nick let's uh let's talk about your your pro career you got you played with the Orlando Magic, and that team looked like it was going to be, you know, one of, one of the teams of the '90s with Shaq and Penny and you and and D. Scott. T- talk about the the early days of you guys running together. Well, uh, you know, uh, what can I say about Shaq? I mean, when Shaq in his early years, just special big man that had the agility and the strength that he had, and you know, as as as, as his career went on, he had. Learn more, you know, Stacy. More post moves yeah. and and doing other things, a little hook shot and just special. But you know, Penny Hardaway was oh yeah, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. You talk about what could have been if the injury wouldn't have happened. Ah, at six seven and a half, six eight, they can play the point. Just athletic and can do it all. Play defense, rebound, inside outside, just silky smooth. It was just special, and D. Scott shooting from the locker room. Uh, it, it was it was it was great. Now, to move a, a little bit forward, you know, you talk about. I, I remember when Shaq left and went to L.A., and I got a phone call, and I'm, I'm watching it. I'm sitting on my couch, and this was during the Olympics because Penny had called me and was talking about we need to try, try to get talk Shaq in the stand and stand and and and, and so forth and. Uh, when they announced that he was going to the Lakers, I fell off the couch. And my dad called me and said, you know, your championships just went to L.A. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Wow. Never forget it. But, you know, to, 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 to rewind a little bit, 
you know, I've never said this, but I'll say it now. I, I really didn't appreciate back then when the Orlando Sentinel had a, a, a call-in poll for people to call in uh, saying, should he stay or should he go? And, you know, people back then, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, let him go. We don't need him. And I'm <laughs> saying to myself, really? And then as a young guy with feelings, I know that that, that hurt his feeling. Hey, y'all don't want me around, so I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'm going I'm, to I'm leave. So I think that played a, a big part into his decision uh, to leave. And I don't know what else. You know, there was a whole lot of speculations and things said. But I know that for sure that they had that poll in the Orlando Sentinel. And I, you know, I could say it to the I didn't appreciate it because, you know, in my opinion, you know, I think it has something to do with his decision. Now talk about talk about that first go around against the Bulls in the 94-95 season when MJ came back from playing baseball and he had the number he had the number 45 on and then they interviewed you after the game and you said something like he's not the that's not the same 23 I remember uh, the number 45 is not as explosive as number 23 was and then he switched numbers the next game and then he got for 38 on y'all yeah the question the question was somebody if I'm not if, if my best of the artists I mean remember somebody one of the reporters said well what do you think about uh, 45? Is 45 uh, like 23? And I said, no, 45 <laughs> is not like 23 because uh, 45 only been playing a half a season. Yeah. But that part didn't get in. Said, yeah. They <laughs> took it out of context. <laughs> they took it and said, well, Nick Anderson said, yeah. uh, 43, 45 is not like 23. And then you, I had to live with it. <laughs> yeah, because because you knew MJ, you knew MJ was gonna leave, was gonna use that as motivation. So you try to say, you try to say number forty five ain't nothing, huh? Okay, I'm switching back to Superman Kate twenty three. Yeah, yeah, he came out the next game. He had on number twenty three, and then which is illegal. You know, He's not a, He wasn't. You're not supposed to be able yeah, to change numbers season, like yeah. that. And he ended up, you know, he came back with 45 because that was the number his dad wanted him to wear. He had it in baseball. And so he was going to bring 45 back. And then when it, when he wasn't playing like 23 or 45, and then Nick said that, <laughs> he said, okay, I'll pay the fine and I'll get number 23 back. Yeah, yeah. And they they, they did it. And, um, oh, man, uh, you know, you've you, you seen it. I know. I talk about it. I know. I know. But y'all, y'all ended up you ended up beating them though. Yeah, you had Horace Grant on that Horace team, and, Hor- and Horace Grant kind of helped that motivation for the next year. Because yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, but think about it. When we won that series in Chicago, and we they hoisted Horace up. Yeah, yep. And Horace was swinging the towel. Boy, I could see fire in every goal <laughs> player's eyes, and, and, and it did not go well over with them and uh the next year we came out and got swept <laughs> <laughs> yeah all they, that was yeah in the back of the heads yeah but 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 go back to that that that, that team with Shaq and Penny and Horace and it was special I mean we finished this we finished the season the regular season 60 and 22 we only lost two games at home 39 and two against Utah uh 
in, in, in Seattle and, and on our way, you know, playing Boston the first round. I can say that I was I played the very last game in Boston Garden because we beat the Celtics that first round, and then they closed down the garden and they moved into the new facility the following year. Okay. And then we, we play the Bulls the second round, and then we get Indiana, and then uh, beat them in uh, game seven, and then we went on to play the Rockets, and the Rockets swept us. And and, and we're, we were up 25 both games at, at home uh, doing the Rockets. But, you know, everybody put the blame on me the first game. Well, Nick Anderson missed four free throws, eight minutes left in the game. So i take it. If, if you say that, is that that's the reason that we lost the NBA title because I missed four free throws in game one? So be it. Yeah, that, and, that's terrible. Because that, that, that game, that game you guys were playing against the Houston Rockets team that was, I mean, they would have gave us a run for our money too. I mean, that that's how yeah. good they were. They had a great outside shooting to complement Dream's inside play. And you really, oh, yeah. you, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't double dream because if you did, they got three point shooters all over the floor. I mean, they would be, yeah, you got, you would have to say, Nick, they would be in this, in this generation of player, they would be a great team in this generation. Oh, oh no question. You, know, you got Robert Horry, you got Sam Fasil, Mario Alley, you know, Kenny Smith, you know, Clyde, and then you got Dream in the middle, you got Otis Thorpe, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, Otis Thorpe. Mm-hmm. You know what more can you ask for? You know that that's just a that's a that's a special team right there. That is a very special team. That's a difficult team to 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 play against. And and for these young fellas out here, that play in the center position. You guys don't know a whole lot about Akeem Olajuwon. You better go back and watch some tape and film and talk to the, your elders because. A lot of y'all guys don't want none of that smoke. No, no, no. You don't want that smoke. No. You don't want that. You know, that's the, the, that's the, that's the kind of smoke that, you know, you better call the police because you're going to need some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't know nothing about that. These no. young guys who, who play in the, today's game, now, nah, bro, you don't, you don't want that smoke. Yeah, we, we talk about that all the time. I mean, you know, this this generation of players, it's more perimeter-oriented. You know, bigs now are shooting threes. It, it, you know, I'm watching games every night, and, you know, when I see big guys run a pick and roll and then they the guard switches on the big, or the, the big doesn't take advantage of it, and he stays out of the three-point line, which now yeah, exactly. you take away the advantage that you have on the offensive end. And that really burns me up because I'm like, man, the whole object of the game is to get those mismatches that you can take advantage of. Exactly. You know, you know, as well as I know, you 6'11", and a, a, a 5'10", 6-footer, 6'1", switch on them, all bets off. Yep. You're going in the post. Yep. If y'all choose to double team and he kick it out, now y'all got to scramble to find the shooters. Yep. But they don't, they don't do that anymore. And like you said, I, I look at it like this. You know, you have to, in today's game, if you don't play good perimeter defense, you got to lay up. You got to lay up yep. because there's no shot blockers in there. There's no shot blockers. You know, guys will get beat off the dribble all the time and easy layup. Yeah. It's, but that's the way they play. I mean, think about this, Nick. I mean, you know, you, we played in the era where, you know, they had to change the rules. You used to could grab people with two hands. You used to could put an elbow on somebody and direct them where you want to yeah. go. It was much more physical 
on ball than what it is now. And, you know, I argue with people all the time, especially in the barbershop talk, you know, because they we live in an era, what have you done for me lately? And, yeah. you know, and I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, Michael Jordan would have had a 100-point game in this league. You know, oh, no Penny question. Hardaway, no Penny Hardaway, you know, Tracy McGrady, the way this this league is played now, Joe Dumars, guys that could get their buckets going to the basket and shooting threes, they would have yeah. a field day because the defense is not as physical as it was in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, and, and what do these guys get off talking about, oh, well, you guys wasn't athletic? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I know. I get tired of hearing that. What do y'all get all? What What do they get that from? I, well, I don't I, know. Okay, they say that. They say that, and I say, well, you guys are not very smart. Yeah, y'all don't play. Y'all don't play smart at all. You don't play. A half of you guys don't play smart basketball. You know, your IQ is very low in the game because some of the some of the stuff that they do, and I, I'm like. What are y'all doing? Yeah. What are y'all doing? Now you see, you see your young Orlando team, which I, I think, man, every time we played them this year, they played us tough. And and I look at the young talent that you guys are accumulating down there, man. You guys got to be pretty excited about the players that you have there. You know, the Wagner kid, Franz Wagner, is going to be a very good player for you. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, I mean, Bamba. Everybody. I mean, you're going to have a lot of good young players to build around. Are you excited as uh, as the city of Orlando is? I, I'm excited, and, and I tell you, one of my favorites, and I, and I, and I, and I, I, I just love the kids. I'm a Wendell Carter fan. Yes, I love Wendell. I I, I like the way he plays. Plays hard. He he. In, in my mind, I, I like to I like to say he's a he he's not as physical as Oak, but he's in that in that in that. In that in mentality, he 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 has a nice little shot outside, and I think he's gonna keep developing. I like I like the way he 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 protects the paint, and he plays he plays aggressive. That's my type of basketball, and I like Jalen Suggs. I look at Jalen Suggs at six five. He he he, he you know, of course he's a young guy. He's gonna get better at his jump shot, but he's aggressive. He gets to the basket. He likes to challenge, uh, take on the 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 uh, opposing guy that's. You know, so-called superstar, whatever you want want to say about it. Uh, Mobamba, I think he's he the progression has come from here to here, and I think he will improve uh, if he keeps putting the work in. And, and Cole Anthony is is a is a good talent, so I like what they're doing. And Wagner, I know that people when they they picked him at the eighth pick, and they and they, people who got him, mm, but. He surprised a whole lot of naysayers because this young man is 6'10", outside, inside. He has a nice game. I like his game. I like his game. And that's the pick they got from the Bulls in the Vooch trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mark. You just brought the show down, man. You just brought the show down, man. But but honestly, to 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 to, to get something, you got to give up something. That's right. So, and Vooch yeah. helped them get Demar. Yeah. You know exactly. I mean, it's all tied together. All a hey, six degrees of separation. Yeah. 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 But I love yep. your team. I, I do. I think they got. I think they play hard. I think they compete. They just I, the games that I've seen them play are like on league pass where they could be up double digits. They just don't know how to win yet and how to close games well, out. Well, you know that that's that's a, that's a learning curve, and and the, the guys got to learn how to do that. And 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 
play more of a as a team and not just individual. Yeah. You know, take advantage of those those team opportunities. Those individual one-on-one plays, they're going to be there. And we talked we just spoke about this. The match the the matchups. Take advantage of the matchup. If you got a big guy on you outside, you know, break him down, get to the basket. The help comes, then you 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 kick out to the wide open uh guy. That's something that they have to learn and I think with time and more experience, more practice time, and they're playing together, I think they'll find that. Well, Nick, we see that palm tree beckoning you over your shoulder, so we're, we're going to let you get out of that truck and enjoy the 85-degree weather while we uh, go bundle up for the for the cold there in Chicago yeah, in February. Yeah. It's been great catching up with you, and Stacy's got a, Stacey's got his own signature hot sauce. We're going to send some of that your yes. way, okay? Text me, your, right, hey, text, me your, text me your address, boy. I'll send that out to you. Will do, man. I appreciate the time and love. Thanks for having coming on, boy. We appreciate it. All right. All right. Stay warm. I will. <laughs> the great Nick Anderson, our guest on Gimme the Hot Sauce, as he goes out into Chicago the palm legend. trees to enjoy beautiful Florida weather. We're coming back with more here on Gimme the Hot Sauce. Yeah, Stacey's supposed to read a commercial, but I, I see that he's on his phone, so... We're, oh, what? We're, oh, what's wrong? Right? We've got some hot sauce to tell oh. folks about, don't oh, we? Yes. Here we go. Here's a sexy voice, America. <laughs> if you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce, then you're listening to the right show. Gimme the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen. Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist. Or our St. Pat's Verde Green Sauce with extra avocado and cilantro. And our King's Q... A bold, spicy, and sweet sauce, just like yours truly. Use code HOTSAUCE21 to get 21% off your first order. That's hot sauce for 21% off. That's G-I-M-M-E, thehotsauce.com. We have t-shirts, mugs, and other swag, too. And then there's a new variety of hot sauce coming, isn't there? Yes, we have a really hot hot sauce coming out. <laughs> really hot. A real hot sauce, a double <laughs> hot sauce that we have. Uh, for all the people who want it to be a little bit hotter, yeah. we you know we, we had a little taste test. Like I said last week, we uh, almost killed DJ Pavel. <laughs> he's back, he's healthy, and he's uh, his intestines are intact. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. But it's coming to a store near you. Just pay attention. Pay attention. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And she'll like it, too. <laughs> hey, we mentioned uh, with Darius Garland the whole parade of stars for the 75th anniversary of the NBA. And, and I didn't think Michael Jordan was going to be there. He was with his NASCAR racing team at yeah. the Daytona 500, popped on a private jet, and he came in, the last person introduced. And it's amazing to see... You know, people talk about who's the greatest of all time. Well, when you see the way people react to Michael Jordan walk into a building, I, I think we know who the greatest of all time is. Listen, listen, hey, that was that was staged. He knew he had to be the last one. Because if they said, hey, Mike, we're going to have you like 25th. Yeah. And it, no, 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 I'm not coming. If I'm not the last one to close the show like I did when I was a player, yeah. I'm not coming. I'm going to be on that little green board waving like Scotty and all yeah, the other yeah. people did. And I, I was really disappointed that some of those guys – now, I, I understand why some guys can't make it because of health reasons. Sure. But it would have been nice to see Pip there. You yeah, know, why, I mean, why do you think he didn't come? Because uh, I think, you know, the backlash of the book and oh, the situation yeah, yeah. with Michael may not want to be in the same – you know, area because it might have been separated, might have been some jabs thrown. <laughs> you know, Dennis Rod might have jumped in too. You know, um, but yeah, it was it was it was a little disappointing not seeing him there. You know, yeah. um, because this is a you know these are the things that you know you want to be honored at. 
you know, top 75, you know, in, in the history of the game. And, you know, you're not there, you know. And so it was it was really, 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 my point, sad because I think he should have been there. And he wasn't the only guy, you know, guys that are in good health. Tim Duncan wasn't there. Larry Bird, John Stockton. A lot of guys decided not to come for a variety of reasons. Maybe they just didn't want to get on a plane in the dead of winter. But it would have been nice if everybody who was Cleveland. able to have been. Yeah, that, hey, hey, don't. that's no joke. If it had been in Vegas or Miami, oh, they yeah. might have been there. Well, we talked about it last week. If the All-Star game was somewhere warm, I guarantee everybody would have showed up. You mm-hmm. know, if it would have been in Vegas, California, Miami, they would have showed up. And that's what I think they need to do with the All-Star game. We talked about this last week is, you know, listen, I know everybody wants to have one, you know, All-Star game in their city one time. But at the same time, if you really, you know, really want everybody to come and really want to make it a really nice festivities for guys like the 75 teams, the guys who didn't come, you know, bring it somewhere warm where people can actually enjoy it. Because think about this. If you were going on all-star break for seven or eight days, you're not going to go to a place that's cold. If you have eight days for vacation, you're going to go somewhere warm, whether it's somewhere on the island, the Bahamas, or you're going to go out west somewhere. You're not going to go to a cold place. You're not going to go to New mm-hmm. York. You're not going to go to Chicago. You're not going to go to Cleveland. So, or anywhere in the Midwest at that point, you know. So, uh, it'd have been nice to see if it had been in a warm place if everybody would have showed up. I thought the the voters did a really good job with the top seventy five. Basically, what they did is they carried over everybody from the original top fifty and then added twenty five new members. Uh, you had some thoughts on, on guys that maybe should have been on there that weren't? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I disappointed a little bit because like that, that list is going to change yearly. You know, it is, I mean, numbers are going to be, you know, some guys numbers are going to be better. Um, I thought some guys, I think current players shouldn't be on that list right now. Yeah. I, I don't, I think you should be retired to get on that list. Like Westbrook and Harden. Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean listen, those guys will be on the list at some point when it's like a hundred. I don't think any current player, unless you're just superior and you're dominant like Shaq was in his era when they put him on. Um, if you're not a dominant, dominant player and you still have years to go, you know, I, I think uh, Damian Lillard, I mean, Damian Lillard. I mean, there's there's guys, I mean, if you're gonna put like, okay, for instance, you're gonna put guys on the team that are still current players. Okay, so you got Vince Carter, I thought should have been on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwight Howard should have been on there. Um, um, Alex know, English. Uh, from, uh, McGrady, Alex English. I mean, Walter Davis. There's a ton of guys who got left off that should have been on there. I mean, Chris Mullins. Chris Mullins was a hell of a player in the NBA. I mean, Mitch Richmond. I mean, there's a lot of guys that easily could have been on there. I mean, but you'd have to take people off. You'd have to take some, maybe some of the old timers off, you know? And I think they're reluctant to do that, especially guys who have passed away and their families are holding on to that. And you say, oh, you're not on the team anymore. Yeah. That's going to rub people the wrong way. It's going to rub people the wrong way. Then then you need to expand it then. Yeah. You need to expand it. And then there should be some kind of prerequisite that you had to be retired. You know, you have to be retired to get on that particular list because 75, I mean, there's probably 25 guys that could be one person that comes to, to mind that I think should have been on there is Ben Wallace you know Ben Wallace for what he's done uh, you know defensive player of the year four years in a row I mean all defensive team uh, anchored a a championship caliber team I mean he's one guy I thought should have been on there as well as Tracy McGrady Vince Carter what about Grant Hill I mean there's a ton of guys that Mm -hmm. could be on there that are not on how about Artis Gilmore 
Like Artis mm-hmm. Gilmore was a stud at the ABA and the NBA level, uh, and he's not on there. You know, so yeah, people have a tendency to discount or forget ABA numbers. Chet Walker. I mean, Chet the Jet. I mean, there's a lot of guys that that easily could be on there that are left off. So that it's again, and you were always a slick Watts guy too. Uh, I don't know if Slick should have been on there. I don't know. I don't know. If His Slick. headband should have been. Yeah, on there. Yeah, the headband. Just, I, don't, I don't know because you got. Den- I mean, Dennis was Dennis Johnson on there? No. See, Dennis Johnson should have been on there. No. Dennis Johnson was a great player in Seattle as he was in Boston, and maybe they don't win championships in Boston if he's not on that team as their point mm-hmm. guard. So uh, I thought he should be on there. I mean, there's a ton of guys, Mark, that you could you could make an argument about. One guy was in the news this week for the wrong reasons. Uh, Jawan Howard, Chicago native, uh, went to CVS and, you know, a first class guy at Michigan and in the pros, had a great career. And unfortunately, that sideline incident at Wisconsin with between him and Greg Gard in the handshake line, you know, you can you can argue about the merits of should Michigan have been pressing? Should Gard have called a timeout when scrubs are on the floor? I mean, there, there's a, a lot of different ways to look at it. But the bottom line mm-hmm. is... I think the best thing should have happened is Greg Gard should have just let him pass. I mean, to grab him and stop him, put immediately put you on in a defensive state of mind. Well, I mean, listening to the argument, why was he pressing? Well, you're trying to – you had a second group out there. I think he had one starter on the floor, and you're trying to turn up the tempo a little bit. You're still playing. You're still competing, okay? But the other team, Wisconsin, has a, a commanding lead. There's no need to call timeouts. If Michigan is pressing, so be it. You're still winning the game handily. Just, you know, get your press breaker and score. Now, where the where it went south was when the coach felt like he had to come and confront Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard was just ignoring him and said, He's hey, just we're going to walk by. And yeah. what he said was, what any coach is going to say that didn't like that timeout, we'll remember that. I've yeah. seen many coaches say that. Sure. And then they don't shake hands and they go their separate way. And – he felt, you know, guard felt like he had to confront him. He had to get in his face. He had to stop him. And then when you point the finger at another grown man like you're talking to a child, uh, I think people take exception to that. Now, I don't condone what Juwan did. You know, I don't do, I don't condone that. Um, we don't know what was said when the assistant ran up there because right. he didn't he didn't swing at guard. He swung at the assistant. The assistant came up, and it looked like he said something to the player. Right. And then Juwan Howard heard what he said to the player. That it might have been derogatory, I don't know, and that's when he he lashed out at the assistant coach. So we don't really know because they haven't really talked about that, you know. And he got suspended, I think, five games, the rest of the regular season. It, it's unfortunate because he is a great, great coach. He's a great man. He's this is out of character for him. And in order for that to happen, sometimes things like that happen even to the nicest person. They can just snap and. You know, you put yourself in that situation and you, you're walking. It's a heated game. You know, words were exchanged, probably even in the game, words were exchanged. And then at the end of the game, a guy's going to come up and stop you from walking to shake other people's hands. And he's basically, you know, talking to you like you're a child, you know, and, and he didn't like it. So I don't condone it, but I understand. And I remember uh, last year at the Big Ten tournament, he had an incident with the Maryland coach where they, they had some heated words. So because of that, and because I'm sure from pressure from his own university, Juwan issued a, a very long apology where he said, this is on me, no excuses, and it'll never happen again. And I guess that was something he had to do to, to satisfy his employer. Well, and he's a stand-up guy. You know, I don't, I don't think it was the fact that he felt like he was going to lose his job because, I mean, he's made enough money – 
as a professional yeah. athlete and as a coach, you know, in the college level, that that's not an issue for him. You know, I know he's a stand-up guy. You know, I, I know he recognized that he handled the situation wrong, and he stood up and he was accountable for what he did. And I, I you know, I commend him on that. Uh, at the same time, you know, the the you know the uh, Wisconsin Badgers coaching staff should have to also issue an apology for what their what they did in the whole thing because had there wouldn't if there wouldn't have been an A there wouldn't have been a B you know what I'm saying yeah and Wisconsin announced they're going to pay the coaches fine <sighs> it's just is <laughs> that are you serious oh yeah yeah oh it's yeah. just like the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> oh is Grayson Allen on that team too oh oh my it's something in the water in Wisconsin they they don't ever hold people accountable. You know, Milwaukee didn't hold Grayson Allen accountable for that foul on Caruso. And, you know, they went out and put him on the, the, the pregame thing yeah. the next day, eating a donut, smiling with a smirk. And he didn't have to be held accountable. Now they're paying the coaches fine. Well, the Bulls wow. are going to see Grayson Allen in a, in a week or so, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. Might, we might have to pull out, uh, you know, what's that movie with uh, Pyle when they beat him with the bars of soap? Uh, what was that oh, movie? Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. We, we might have to sneak into the hotel and ke- uh, kidnap Grayson Allen and tie him to the bed and hit him with uh, bars of soap. Like yeah. they did a bag in, of uh, oranges. Don't leave any bruises. And leave him the bruises. No one knows who did it. <laughs> Well, DJ Pavel's got to get to the airport, so we're going to wrap things up. DJ Pavel! You guys, you guys got a destination for dinner in uh, Miami over the weekend? America. Somewhere nice right there in, what, Brickell? Listen, did you get the hotel? Did you get the I hotel did, where I we're did. at? Are you staying where I'm at? No, I'm not. Oh, my God. It was sold out. I was like, it was a suite, and I'm not paying 2500 bucks for a room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, so let's I, just charge it to hey, Telleray. So I went, hey, yeah, so Telleray, baby. Yeah. And overpa- yeah, yeah. overpaid at the Fountain Blue. Hey, listen, you know, I don't want to hear Metal. your mouth, okay? When you're, you're, you're in Dubai, I don't want to hear your mouth, okay, buddy? Staying in, a, staying in oh. all the ritzy places in Dubai, and then you, you're complaining about, you know, what it costs to stay in the States. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's actually cheaper it. in Dubai. <laughs> how, how far are you away from me? Are you a down in Miami? Blocks. Oh, you're a couple of blocks? Yeah, across the street, okay. down on the beach. All right, well, me and Donald, we'll set it up where we meet you somewhere. Don't don't put my call to voicemail when I call you. Hey, we're here. <laughs> hey, we're yet. And I go straight, hello. We'll be at that hello. pizza place. You can you know, sit in the parking lot. Tim has that, like a sexy voice. Yeah, sexy just like voicemail. when he locked us out of his computer. Yeah, exactly. You can't reach him. <laughs> so, so when you call Tim, right, he don't want to answer your phone. He says <laughs> you write the voicemail. And then you got to, it's like listening to a 1-900 number. Hi. This is Tim. Leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. I'm like, did I just call a 1 900 yeah. line? I'm like, what is this? Listen, that's, 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 breathe it all heavy. So if I call you, answer. Answer yeah, the, pick phone. Up the phone. Pick gonna, up the phone. Answer just like that. No, don't answer that. I, I, I'll hang up on you. I'll hang up on you. But I'm looking forward to it. Fun in the sun. It'll be my first trip. First, ba- first It'll be trip. My first yeah, trip. back on the road. I'm back on the road. <laughs> Fools Nation. Guns out. Oh, it's the first time I've been on the road since like the second week of December. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, and, and I, I picked the right trip to come back to America. I'm going to Miami for about four days, baby. I'm gonna put my. I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna be out there in the speedo. I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna get some suntan lotion on me because I'm a little pale. And I'm gonna get out there and sunbathe with Don. <laughs> and Ooh. as Nick Anderson told us, the weather is fine. Oh, it's fine out there. 85 <laughs> degrees right now. Hey, your your limo's double parked, so read the ad and we'll Oh, that's about. right. Oh, Windy City. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot about them. <laughs> that's my ride, America. <laughs> Windy City provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy and a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Windy City at 
844-94-WENDY. That is 866-94-WENDY. And tell them Stacy sent you. I don't know if you'll get a discount, <laughs> but it just say, don't just, say it. just say you know me yeah. and just say, Stacy told me to call. Who knows? They may get 21% off or they may not. If they don't, don't be mad at them. Don't be mad <laughs> don't at me. Call I don't call Stacy. Call Timmy yeah, Whispers. Don't get mad at me. I just said it. I'm just telling you to go do it. We want to thank our special guests today. We we brought you two great two guests, guests Darius Garland and Nick Anderson. So we want to thank them for joining the show. And as Pavel always likes to remind me, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate all of our viewers on our YouTube channel. That is growing, growing. faster than anything We're in America. Growing. We appreciate everybody who supports us there and all the different various podcast platforms. Favorite podcasters, podcast. That's right. So time to wrap it up, Pavel. We're going to say goodbye and get ready for... A weekend for these guys, fun in the sun. Uh, Pablo and I are going to hang out in the corner, shivering somewhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> Drive home safe in Chicago. BB. It's only preseason, but I'm hyped. Oh, Jimmy G. Buckets. Jets Buckets. Oh, my goodness. Give me the hot sauce, Bill. Give me the hot sauce. What are you doing?